So, when we look into this Bible story, there is awesome things going on, and um, there's so much packed into this story as well. So here is the first part of the story of Lazarus. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that, the God, that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. To let you know a little bit more about myself, and uh, I have an anxiety. Uh, and there's one big, glaring anxiety. I'm sure I have many anxieties, as you do as well. Uh, but this one gives me great anguish. It's the feeling of being late. You ever get that feeling? Uh, I hate that feeling. When I was younger, I played baseball um, all summer long. I played in tournaments all over. There was a lot of traveling that we had to do for all of these tournaments. I loved it. I pitched often in a lot of these games. Uh, so it was important for me to get there early, to warm up, get my head right, um, and just focus. My brother just got his license. And I imagine that my baseball schedule of traveling all over was a ton on my parents. Um, and uh, so they said, your brother's going to drive you today. I said, okay. And so it was my brother and his best friend, who were both two really goofy guys. And um, they were to drive me to my game, which was about 35 minutes away. And so we get in the car, which we had this old Nissan Sentra, which they really beat the junk out of this thing. And, um, and you know, all sorts of antics going on as we drive, messing with people on the side of the, you know, as we drive past them, that was them. Um, and, and I'm trying to get ready for this game, but this is how we're going. And you see, back then, it's really important to know there was no such thing as GPS at the time. Or there was, but it wasn't in our cars. Um, and so what we relied on was the directions given to us from the baseball team that we were to play. Um, but with all the antics going on in this car, it was very hard to follow these directions. And so we made one wrong turn and another wrong turn, and we were so lost. Um, we finally got there, and by the way, I was supposed to start pitching in this game, and we got there the second to last inning of the game. No longer did I let my brother drive me to any game or anywhere. Um, and my parents were now fully in charge of driving me to my games. In fact, when I ended up playing hockey, I would make sure I went like two games before my games even started. I went so early. I just hated that feeling, and I still do. I hate that feeling 
of being late. Jesus, however, in our passage, is quite secure in who he is. He's okay with being late. Our passage says a man named Lazarus is sick. This is the first time in the Gospels that we actually hear of the name Lazarus. It's the first time. He was from Bethany, which is a place that is talked about in the Gospels all the time. Um, and uh, his sisters were Mary and Martha. We know Mary and Martha. We've heard those words before. Uh, Martha was the one who worked really hard when Jesus came. And she was working so, so hard. And, and, and then he, she complained about her sister Mary, that she wasn't working hard enough. Mary was the one who sat at Jesus' feet. She was the one that listened but didn't work. And she was the one that actually poured oil on Jesus' feet and, and washed his feet with her hair. This is Mary and Martha. They traveled all over with Jesus. They listened to him. They were part of a group that traveled and followed Jesus uh, wherever he did his ministry. These ladies knew Jesus very well. They had a lot of faith in him. In that faith and in their past witnessing, they have seen Jesus heal people. They saw it. They saw it all over the place, him healing all sorts of people. So when their brother is sick and dying, it makes sense that they give Jesus a call. And they have someone go and say, the one you love is sick. And Jesus says, this sickness will not end in death. The sickness is actually going to be used for God's glory. The sickness will not end in death. I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty confused with this response. He didn't seem to be validating their fear, like, I get it, you're going to be, you know what, I'll come, I'll come there, don't worry, I'll be there. Uh, he's not going to die, but he, he didn't validate it at all. He just said, it's not going to end in death. These two ladies, in their request, had two things. The first thing they had was faith. Um, they had a faith that, that, this, that Jesus could heal their brother. They, did, they wouldn't have asked if they didn't have the faith that he could do something about it. Uh, Jesus, you can do it. You know what? Just do it from far away. I have so much faith in you. Just do it from far away. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna send for you, but if you want to heal him from far away, go ahead. Just do that. I know you can do it. So however you do it, please just come. The second they th thing they had, besides faith that he could do it, was expectation. They expected him to do something. They said, this is, Jesus, this is Lazarus. You love Lazarus. You heal strangers all the time. But this is someone you love. This is one of your followers. Like, of course you're going to come back and heal him, right? So they have faith, and expectation. In our lives, when we ask Jesus to do something where we are in super need and we, we totally need him to do something right now, we do it with two things, faith and expectation. We would not ask Jesus to do something in our lives or for someone that we love if we didn't have just a little bit of faith, right? And then we ask that, it's going to come with some expectations, isn't it? Faith and expectations. But Jesus 
did not come. He says this will not end in death. You know, this probably calmed all the people around Jesus, but it didn't calm Mary and Martha. The disciples were probably like, we got to go, we got to go. And he said, oh, it's not going to end in death. And they're probably like, okay, we'll be good. Um, but Mary and Martha did not feel that. But if you know this story already, you know that Lazarus does die. But he's meant, Jesus meant something else. Jesus picked his words precisely. He didn't say, Lazarus won't die. He just said this won't end in death. He didn't say he won't die. We experience death all the time. We have been to funerals of ones we love. We experience death in the fall when the leaves die. We experience it even when our children grow up and their cute childhood ways turn into teenager ways and then they leave. Death in some shape or form is around us everywhere, every day. We just experience it in different ways. There's always life and death. But Jesus says this won't end in death, but it will be used for God's glory. I used this illustration uh, on Wednesday, so I apologize if you heard it. But uh, in the Orthodox Church, uh, when I studied this in seminary, they, uh, they have this ritual that they do right before Easter morning. It's literally they come at like 11 o'clock at night for most churches. And what they do is they walk around the church in complete darkness. And they walk, and they walk, and they walk. Um, the walking represents the darkness of sin, the darkness of death, the feeling of just what we're in right now, a feeling of the sins in our lives, the darkness in our lives, the death, the, the sicknesses we feel, and you just walk in that feeling. At the stroke of midnight of Easter morning, they enter the building, and then lights go on, and the music goes on. And if you know the Orthodox Church, they, they have beautiful paintings everywhere. It's all about beauty in worship and glory. And so they go from the death of walking around the building to the life of Easter and the resurrection. Um, the walk that feels like death does not end in death, it ends in life. You and I live in those two days of waiting for Jesus. Very often our lives feel like those two days, where we're just waiting for Jesus to show up. We've asked with faith and expectations, and now we just sit and we wait. The stress of life, of health, of not knowing what to expect in our next coming days, that sometimes feels like death. It feels just like the feelings of Mary and Martha had. Many of us are still waiting for Jesus to fulfill those expectations we have. And we're starting to get a little impatient, aren't we? 
But the promise of Jesus is that this will not end in death. It's in fact the complete opposite. The waiting is the hardest part. You know, people always ask me, what do you say to someone who is about to lose someone or, or did lose someone in their life? Like they're, or they're going through some horrendous pain. What do you say to people like this? First thing, most people usually do the thing that they're not, they, they try to avoid them, right? Because they don't know what to say. And then the other thing you usually do, when they're sad, what we do is we say, no, 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 don't be sad. Be happy. Or, or don't think of this. This is going to make your, you really sad. Think of this. This will make you really happy. But the thing people going through something really hard need to do is they actually need to sit with that feeling. They need that feeling to be validated. Yes, this is really sad. This is really hard. I can see how you would feel that way. You have to feel your emotions. Right now, we sit in those two days of waiting for Jesus. We sit in darkness. And right now we look at the brokenness around us and it feels like death. But we worship a Jesus who says this will not end in death. So whatever you have going on right now, it's okay to feel the sadness of it, to feel the darkness of it. But when you contrast that to where we're headed with Easter, it's like walking into a building that's lit up, the lights are on, beautiful paintings everywhere, and it is full of life and full of glory. So we sit in death right now, but we are headed to a place in resurrection that does not end in death. And so we sit and wait in that hope.